remember, Connor, caffeine will kill ya! Uh, uh, what it is, everybody! Welcome to episode 73 of Fish and Connor Saw a Movie. My name's David Pether, but you can call me Fish. With me, as always, is my favorite sucker shit, Connor McDuff! Motherfucker! Sorry. I swore, I swore early this yeah, episode. Yeah, you didn't know. No holding back. We always get in, I always get scrutinized by at least one person because they always say, oh, I listen to your podcast, but do you like it? Oh, you swear a little bit. <laughs> we fucking know, alright? <laughs> yeah. We know. Uncensored. That's how we roll. But uh, this week we're still on our Batman retrospective leading up to Batman v Superman on March 24th. I think it is, 23rd, yeah. 24th, something, something around like that, that time. This time, we're out of the Burton films, we're on to Mr. Shoemaker, the first of his two additions to the Batman saga. Did he do, did he do Batman and Robin as well? He did, he did. Mm. So there's, yeah, you can see where the start of the style starts, because it's a very different style to this movie. Yeah. Very, It's almost, almost a whole different thing, but... Listen, we'll talk about that in a sec. But first of all, the other day, we actually got contacted by the good people at 4KQ Brisbane. We got asked by, well, David got asked by 4KQ to, to answer some questions because we uh, talk about movies a lot, which is very cool. That's right. Well, they'd, they'd heard our show. They'd uh, listened to us do our big rants about films and such. And they, they were doing a segment talking about all the, the friggin' superhero movies that were coming up this year and they wanted to have a chat with me about it so let's play that interview right now boom i gotta tell you when i went to see uh, the force awakens mm. you know you you sit there and have a good look at the movie trailers and i tell you i don't think that there's any other film other than a superhero film <laughs> because it was just all explosions and fights and things like that yeah, and i'm it was, seeing the problem here there was a yeah. thousand superhero trailers on and i thought what's going to get lost in the mix we will find out from david fish pether he's got a podcast fish and connor saw a movie fish did you find uh, the same thing you're a bit of a superhero expert are we going to be bombed bombarded this year oh absolutely like listen the, the superhero movies are always the the kind of tent poles they're the, the big budget bonanzas that everybody you know flocks out and waves to go see every year i'm hoping now that the you know the star wars thing has come back into it because nothing's really bigger than star wars so i'm hoping that now that's kind of kind maybe take over eventually we might get more sci-fi films well, Marvel's had the, the run for the last couple of years, but DC is starting to claw their way back. About time. Because I feel like, you know, with the Marvel films, they, they're all very formulaic. We already, we already know, you know what a Marvel film's going to be. And it seems like DC are going to be trying something a little bit different. You know, they're throwing the two biggest superheroes of all time together with Batman v Superman coming up. Um, so that's going to be huge. And then you've got the likes of, like, the Suicide Squad, which is a bunch of bad guys. Who are heroes, so they're, they're changing up things. Yeah, they are, but I don't know whether I like it. In one of the trailers yeah. I saw, Superman and Batman are fighting each other, and also in the other one, Iron Man is getting bashed up by Captain America. What's going on? People generally tend to like bad guys. You know, all these heroes are really cool and, and stuff, but it's always the bad guy. Like, the, the superhero movies are only kind of as good as the bad guy that's in it. Like, look at back at The Dark Knight. Like, everybody remembers how good Heath Ledger was as the Joker. Um, so I think now that we're putting the superheroes as bad guys, potentially, like, in Captain America, it seems that Iron Man is 
kind of the villain in this. So that that shakes things up and, and makes it more kind of more interesting, you know, like seeing Captain America go up against Iron Man is just like, wow. And the same with Batman v Superman. There's like two very good matchups. All right, Fish, of all these superhero movies that are coming out uh, this year, what do you think are going to be the big winners and, and maybe the losers? Batman v Superman can either be really good or really bad. So I'm sort of, I think it's up in the air how that's going to be. Like, it's definitely going to get the numbers there, though, because everybody loves Batman. Um, yeah, two words, though, Ben Affleck. I think that's fantastic casting, actually. A lot of people are whinging about it, but I think he's the perfect Bruce Wayne. The ones I'm looking forward to the most, though, are the ones where they're doing something a little bit different, like uh, Deadpool that's coming out next month with um, Ryan Reynolds. A much more violent take on things, and it's a lot more comedic. And I'm also really excited about The Suicide Squad because of... You know, it's just being different with all it being about bad guys. Well, if you want to get the Fisher's expert opinion, you can go to Fish and Connor Saw a Movie Podcast. Hey, Fish, thanks for chatting to us this morning. No, thank you for having me. He did that whole interview, by the way, in in spandex. Yeah, with a mask. It's a lot more difficult than you think. <laughs> oh, wasn't that lovely? Laurel, Gary, and Mark there over at the 4KQ Breakfast Crew. Good on them. Good Thanks, times. Breakfast Q. Well, let's rock and or roll and talk about uh, Batman Forever. Like I said, a very different departure. We have no Burton. We have no Michael Keaton. It's a very different film. You want to tell us what happened in Batman yes, Forever? Yes, son. So there's two villains. Two-Face wants to kill Batman and the Riddler wants to kill uh, uh, Bruce Wayne. I think. I don't know what the Riddler wants to do. But basically, the Riddler creates this device that manipulates brainwaves and he uses it to suck the brain power from people who use his device on their TVs to suck their brain power and he wants to become the biggest genius in the world. And then Batman stops the two of them. And also Robin's in the film. Yeah, Two-Face kills Robin's parents. Yeah. The flying Graysons. Well, listen, I have a lot to talk about with this movie. This movie, as we've, we've said in our previous episodes, this is the one that I remember the most as a kid. I watched this heaps when I was younger. This came out in 1995 when I was at the, the right age. I had a shit ton of the toys. I remember my favorite one was a, I had a, a Batman and a Robin, I believe, but they were both underwater ones. So I used to play with them in the pool all the time. That's... <laughs> nice. I'm fairly sure I had like some sort of little submarine thing. It was... Fucking sick. But nostalgia very much kicked in coming back to this one. But this is kind of the first time I've watched it with adult eyes. So, like I said, I have a lot to talk about. Both good and bad. But I want to make sure that we get through everything. I have a shit ton of notes here. I basically broke them up into categories. Not unlike what we would normally do. Um, but I just want to make sure we get through all this. So, I want to I want to kick off with like the direction and the new look of the film. Um, then move on to Batman and then Bruce Wayne separately because I think it's very important to talk about them separately in this one because they actually have some sort of substance. Uh, Robin, then Two-Face and the Riddler. Sound good to you? Sounds good. All right, cool. Well, the biggest thing is that Tim Burton hasn't come back. Yeah, it's his production though. I'm pretty sure he's the producer on it. He was, yes. He, he, yeah. he was actually asked by Warner Brothers to not direct though because... Even though Batman Returns was financially successful, I don't think it was as successful as... As Batman. Yeah. So they saw it as it was too dark and they were getting a lot of complaints from parents that it was like 
yeah, too dark and gritty for, yeah, you know, these parents to take their kids to, I guess. Um, which is funny because that's kind of where it reverted back to with the Nolan films. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into the to, to that argument just yet. I think I agree. Yeah, so obviously he didn't come back, and so the new director means a new look. It still keeps, I think, a lot of what Burton did, uh, like a little bit. It's still got that dark sort of side to it, but at the same time, I think a lot of that just comes from Gotham. Like Batman's always been dark. Yeah, there's never not an aspect of Batman that is. That's his whole thing. And it's definitely uh, lighter. It's definitely a lighter Gotham. It's a lot more vibrant, more colourful, more easygoing, sillier Gotham, basically. Yeah. Um, the look is designed to sell toys, is kind of what I oh, gather. for sure. For sure. And it did. I had them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and I think that's what you kind of notice immediately. Like, everything about it is very just, like, it's just quirky and a bit goofy um, even the first line in the film is Alfred saying, do you want a sandwich? Can I please uh, tempt you to get a sandwich on your way home or something? Uh, on, I'll get like, drive through. Yeah, like that's the opening line of, of the Batman film. So obviously they're going for a tone and look that is really upbeat and goofy and wacky. And it, and it keeps that throughout the film. At least you can, you know, you, you can respect that it's consistent. It definitely sets the tone. But it's, you know, you, you're, you're absolutely right. It's It's gone this wackier... Uh, crazier sort of style. A lot of Dutch angles. Did you notice that? Like, just about every oh, fucking I mean, shot is a Dutch a lot angle. Of Dutch angles, and then a lot of, like, ridiculous zooms. Like, zooms that that just go too close. <laughs> zooms, and the, and the editing is fucking awful. Sorry, the editing is terrible in this film. Oh, really? I, didn't, even, I didn't really notice it. Oh, there was just, there's just moments where I'm like, what the fuck? Like, when Robin's... Um, pa- oh, Robin's parents die, you fuckers. Um, but there's a point where, like, Robin's parents die and they're falling to to the ground and, like, the camera's, like, falling and falling and falling and then it just cuts to a shot, like a ridiculous close-up of Bruce Wayne as everyone goes, oh. Uh, it just looks ridiculous. Like, the oh, really? editing is... Yeah. I like that. I thought that nah. scene was really well done. <laughs> the, the, editing, the editing in the film just, uh, it's not great. I don't it's think it's as bad as you're saying because I didn't notice it. I fucking hated it. I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> but one thing that was very, very different is the the music. Um, Gone is like the March theme of Danny Elfman. I'm not sure who did the music for this one, but it's sort of the same, but not. Yeah. But then like then there's place there's areas where there's like that chase scene where the Batmobile runs up the fucking wall and shit like that. But the the music's like very Adam West Batman. Uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's like brown, 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 and all that. But sort there's of thing. a lot of there's a lot of aspects of it that I like. The Adam West Batman, the Dutch angles and the and the zooms and just like the way the camera moves and even the style. It's kind of a little. It's just wacky, like Adam well, West Batman. Well, this is this was the thing that Joel Shoemaker wanted to bring back to it. He wanted to go back to the original comics where it was like a lot more vibrant and colorful and a lot more fantastic than the somewhat grounded vision that Burton had. And then, yeah, the Adam West Batman, which is a really interesting decision, though, because they've kind of full 180'd on it. All the interviews and such that I, I read about trying to get Batman 89 made was that they they wanted to show this darker, new vision, like, reboot Batman, and they fucking nailed it. And then 
just because they dropped a little bit in sales, they did such a drastic move. It's it's really interesting to me. Like, it's not like not to say that I don't enjoy this style because I actually really do. I think I think this kind of wacky neon style is is really cool. I thought it was cool too. And that's that's the one thing I remember the most about this movie, especially as a kid, is how like the colors, like all the lighting in this film is weird neon purples and reds and greens like that fucking alley scene with robin you know when he rocks up with the batmobile and he fights all those punks and it's all like glow in the dark sort of um yeah yeah graffiti and shit like that is awesome that's what that reminds me of being a kid and going to like you know laser force basically the whole film is marketed and shot towards kids as if it's for kids that's kind of like what the what the film's directed to it's to sell toys and to make and to get kids into it even when you look at the cover of batman forever which i'm looking at right now it's just super colorful the whole thing is colorful it's very it's very power rangers like you know that's what it is that's exactly what it is and power rangers would have been huge around this time i think 1995 power rangers were really taking off so it it makes sense and it worked because I was a kid at that time and I loved Power Rangers and I loved this movie. As interesting a change as it is, like they obviously made a shit ton of money out of this because they did go on to make another one. <laughs> it had basically every everything the 90s was about, it had in here. It had Tommy Lee Jones, it had fucking Batman, it Jim had Carrey. bright colours, neon, like this fun, wacky stuff. And it had Jim Carrey, like it had Jim Carrey in the fucking film. That's yeah. enough, that's, that's all you need. You got a winning formula, basically. But it did. It did look uh, like I think a lot of the, the, I guess, is the way it was filmed, and they had these really big sets on this one. Uh, it felt it felt like almost TV production value, and I and I think that goes back to that that kind of Power Rangers feel about it as well. Like I, I don't know. It it, it sort of it didn't it didn't feel like you know how like last week you were saying you felt like you were watching a film. Like, that felt like a film set. Yeah. For some reason, this one felt yeah. like a TV set to me. Yeah, I agree. It did. That was kind of one of the things I didn't like, was that it felt it felt like... A lot of it felt cheap. That's kind of the issue. It kind of feels cheap. I think it has to do with, like, the fucking Dutch angles. And, like, just it just feels like I'm watching, like, a Saturday morning cartoon. It's, a, it's got a bit of a, a music video feel about it as well. Like, yeah, 90s music video. Like, is. if you watch yeah. the, the Seal... Kiss from a Rose music video it's shot exactly the same. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But what did you think about like Gotham in as a as a city this time round? It felt it definitely felt more like it definitely felt like an active city. This is kind of okay. one of the only like one of the things I enjoyed was that it felt like I was actually in this sort of world now. Like Gotham was a place that mm. I could sort of visit. I don't know what it was. It just kind of like I mean the opening sequence is Two Face in you know the helicopter and. Batman's flying around and you just see all of these crazy things and mm. it kind of just shows that this place is like it's active and living and like Batman runs in as something's about to happen with Two-Face and like there's all these people and Nicole Kidman's there and she makes a reference to Catwoman so you've got this link and it just feels like I was watching it just felt like a world to me like it felt like a big a big world yeah um, it's definitely it's I, I think it's the scale of this that really sells that because we see so many different parts of Gotham as opposed to last week, we only seen the main Rockefeller Square type place. This you see, uh, like, you know, he flies into the fucking um, Statue of Liberty 
type thing. Yeah, the fucking, and, the Gotham, the Gotham Statue of Liberty. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they've, like, the, the Riddler's lairs out in the middle of nowhere, and you see Bruce Manor, you see, like, all this. Like, I don't know, you, I, I definitely agree with you. I feel like this one nails it a bit more in a living, breathing Gotham. But it does look different. I, I don't know how I feel. Like, I think I like the style of Batman Returns Gotham a bit more. I like that really gothic sort of feeling. Like, this one was more just straight-up New York style. It was, for sure. Well, obviously, like, the fucking Statue of Liberty's got Gotham printed on its head. It's very fucking, ga- like, dorky. It's just goofy. <laughs> it's just real fucking goofy. But there's another thing that I, I noticed a little bit was, like, the, the Gothamites. Um, they're a bit more funkier. They're a bit, it, it reminded me a lot of, like, the capital from the Hunger Games. Like, people have, like, really crazy hair and... Yeah. It's like they're a little bit more stylized. What did you think about that? I just... I don't know. It felt... It ju- I, I agree. I don't know. I don't know. I, there's an aspect of it that I really didn't like and then there's an aspect of it that I really did like. I really mm. enjoyed... It's kind of like, I, I was, you know, I'm not a big, huge fan of Batman and Returns. Like, they weren't, they weren't movies that I, they were kind of boring. This one kind of, this one kind of keeps you into it. So I think a lot of those things add to that because it's trying to be like a cartoon, basically. Yeah. Why at the same time, though, it, it, it takes away from the, the film's legitimacy and sort of integrity when it's clear that it's almost a piss take. Like, the film's almost a piss take. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, it, it works for this movie in itself, but to, the fact that it is a sequel to Batman Returns is is kind of, I don't know, uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. It's a little uneasy. I think, I think what, you know, the film's tone just, it, it just, it fucking, there's aspects of it that I'm like, that's so cool, like, I'm so glad, and I feel like I'm watching Arkham a little bit, and then it just goes straight back to being fucking dumb. And I'm like, ah, that whole sequence where Robin is hanging up the washing and he fucking karate flings <laughs> the his kung shit. Fu, kung fu washing. That was so fucking stupid. Oh, so dumb. Like, when I was watching that, I was like, are you fucking serious? Why? Yeah. Why did you show that? Like, what is the point? That's awful. Yeah. It was so terrible. That whole thing was so fucking terrible. And it's like, I feel like that would have been a lot more effort than actually just washing them or drying them, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what he was doing was not being helpful at all. And Alfred said he'd fucking do it. But yeah, that, that stuff was fucking dumb. But then you've got like other aspects like Jim Carrey's costume that we'll get into later was really cool. And like, it just felt like authentic and like to the comics. But then he mm. starts swinging his fucking cane every five seconds, and I'm like, this is annoying. Like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and it's just, it just kept doing stuff like that. The Batmobile was fucking sick. It had neon lights and shit. But then Batman's got nipples. All right. Like, why the All right, fuck hold on. You're nipples? going over a ton of different things. There's obviously lame things over everything. It is. But I, I want to go into all that in, in depth with each character because, like, I've got a lot to talk about <laughs> when it comes to that shit. So, well, let's let's move on to Batman. You talked about the nipples. It's hard to not go past the nipples. The nip- Why the fuck does a suit have nipples on yeah. it? His nipples are not that big. They need to sit. Like, they need their own sculpted, like, space to be put in. I think... They're fucking nipples. I think I know what they were trying to do. I think they were trying to just give him that sculpted bodybuilder like as if this is what he would look like 
even if he didn't have the suit on. But then it's just dumb. I, I don't know. Like, it didn't work. It didn't work at all. Like, it's just... I actually really like the bat suit. I think this is the coolest bat suit so far. It's pretty fucking dope. It's fucking awesome. And Val Kilmer actually looks really good in the bat suit. But then they put these nipples on it. <laughs> I know why. Why did they do that? And it's it's obviously such a, a conscious decision as well because they they're almost like trying to show off the sexuality of this suit like they are they do one of the montage scenes of him getting ready it's a zoom in crash zoom of his ass what is why is there a butt shot <laughs> like that just takes all credibility away from everything and that's that's what this film does is that it has these cool aspects and these cool things that they just kind of like they're like oh that's pretty cool and they take it to this level of just like piss take where it's almost as if they're just all making fun of Batman the whole time, yeah. which gets frustrating. Like it is, in all honesty, pretty frustrating to watch well, to watch a film and get into it and then kind of be insulted when. Yeah, well, that's just it. It's like they had it, and then they were like, "Oh, well, what about if we did this as well?" And it's like they you just went yeah. that step too far. Like you had it. Basically, the tone is yeah. great. Like we've both we're both going on record saying that we don't mind the tone, even though it is a complete departure from Burton's films. We like it, but it doesn't need to be dumb. But Batman in general, I one thing I do like about this is we actually get a movie about Batman. Yeah, this is one something I wanted to bring up. Um, this is a Batman film. Fucking finally. <laughs> it's like, it's about Batman. It's got cool moments with fucking Batman and Bruce Wayne. Straight away, Batman is actually involved. Batman comes and saves the day from Two-Face saves that oh that stupid this this is a, another another point where like they've just gone too far that stupid security guard oh, oh my man God. oh no it's boiling yeah. acid it was fucking annoying oh, like that stuff was so fucking goofy oh, but, like um, he, but but as he's coming in I, I really enjoyed that he just comes in and kicks a shit ton of ass it's all him we don't know like yeah. we don't even know who two-face is yet and it's it's like okay we know batman batman's coming in he's doing his thing He's a very different Batman. Val Kilmer, he's got that dry wit, like that that comedy has come into it, like you were talking about before with the, the drive-through. And he's got like a probably four or five one-liners just in that first scene. I really like what they're doing with Batman here. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it was a really good move because Batman has like character and he's got like this personality about him now. And he's like, he's the protagonist finally. Like he's the one... We want to watch, and the addition of Robin is cool too because it means Batman's like he's got something, and you find out that like he doesn't want to have a partner and he doesn't want all these things. Yeah, he's got um, something to to have an emotional connection to, have some sort of character development <laughs> for once. An interesting thing also that we've got a different Batman because Michael Keaton was you know pretty cemented in the role at this point, and the reason he didn't come back was because Burton wasn't doing it, despite yeah. being offered. 15 million dollars or something to do it which is is interesting but before um val kilmer was brought in ethan hawk was considered ethan hawk ethan hawk what the fuck imagine that that'd be a alec baldwin's brother was uh one of the contenders yeah, as well i don't even know who that baldwin is but um he's not important he's not the main Baldwin. no <laughs> um... but joel schumacher wanted val kilmer and 
Val Kilmer took the role without even reading a script. He obviously knew what this could do for his, his career, which eventually kind of went nowhere because he's not really much anymore, is he? He doesn't really do anything. No, I see. I met I met him, actually. I, I've got a, his... Supernova. Yeah, it's Supernova. I've got a signature on a Batman Forever um, poster. You know, I was like, oh, man, you were a great Batman. He was like, yeah, my kid thinks so, too. And I was like, wow, you're kind of a dick. What an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> What a fucking wanker! Yeah, so I was like, man, you need all the, you kind of need all the, uh, the praise you can get. Like, he's not. Yeah, fuck. He's you. not doing much at all. But apparently, at the time, he was researching for a role in Africa, and he was sleeping in a cave full of bats when his agent was contacted about the role. So he was always like, it was meant to be, which is kind of cool. He's still a fucking tool. <laughs> I think he looks good as Batman. I think he looks good in his suit. I like his, his the way he talks as Batman. He's a fucking brick wall when he's Bruce Wayne, though. Yeah, he's a well, statue. Let's let's talk about that in a sec. I want to I want to talk about Bruce Wayne separately because it's a complete because for once we actually get the two. Yeah, as if they're different. Enough of the two to really talk about, but in t- in terms of just Batman himself. I know you had a lot of problems with like a lot of the the gadgets and and the Batmobile features in the last two. So what did you think about the Batmobile in this way? You said it looked sick. I think it looks really cool. I thought it looked dope as fuck. There wasn't anything too fucking goofy about it either, uh, except for when it drove up a I was, wall. I was just going to say, it, 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 can't, it drove um, up a wall though. <laughs> which, which was pretty fucking stupid. But by that point, I had kind of accepted that this film was full of dumb shit. Well, I guess I guess it's I guess in in saying that it's it's easier to accept some like ridiculous little yeah. gadgets because of the tone in this one. It's sort of gadgets. There was nothing really that was too stupid that I can remember. It was only he just really... uses the grappling hook a lot. Yeah, he, he uses it a lot. Yeah, it's only really in the Batmobile. He has like that side sidewinder wheels that can get him out of the way of oncoming rockets, and that oh, yeah. and that rear view vision like video feed because. <laughs> There's no rear view fucking window. Oh yeah, fucking hell. That was dorky <laughs> <I> did, as hell. <laughs> it was it's cool but it's it's kind of dumb as well when it climbs that wall. Like I don't know how I really feel about it cuz it's kind of shot fun. I like he's looking out the side and all the people are looking out the windows. All the people. That was the moment I didn't like it. I kind of just went, "All right, I guess this is happening." And then there's that shot of him looking at all the people and I'm like, oh, "Yeah. Fucking hell. Where does he go, by the way?" He's in a Batmobile. He's driving up a wall and it just cuts away. Where does that car go? Where can he go once he reaches the top? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> where, do, where would he go? I don't know. Maybe maybe he just like <sighs> does the similar thing on the other side of the wall, like attaches to the top of the, the roof and drives down the wall. He, uh, I don't know. I'm glad Look, we didn't see that. To- <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you didn't have to experience that. He'd have to get on the roof first, which I'd be impressed if he could do. Anyway, yeah, Batman was pretty cool. He was pretty dope. I like that Two-Face was after Batman and Jim Carrey was after Bruce Wayne. It kind of gives you this thought, you know, and he has to save either Robin or Nicole Kidman, mm. and that was cool. And Nicole yeah. Kidman has to choose between Batman and Bruce Wayne. There, were a lo- there was a lot of contrast between... Bruce Wayne and Batman being two very different people. Yeah, well, I feel I feel like they've tried to to dabble with this in the last two films in the minuscule amount of screen time that Bruce Wayne and Batman got with the duality of living two different sides to one person. Like, there's the dark side of Batman and the light side of, of Bruce Wayne. And they really rammed that home in this one. And 
and it's good. I like it, and that's 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 why I've, I've always really enjoyed Val Kilmer in this role because he actually got to to do something with it. Like they they explore this character on the third fucking movie. Yeah, it took him three. God damn. But what did you, what did you think about like we see the bat plane again and he's got the bat boat? Yeah, uh, I don't care. The bat boat didn't bother me. Like the uh, I didn't really give a shit about the vehicle sort of thing stuff where like it just I just kind of assumed it was going to happen. Yeah, I kind of remember it. The bat the bat wing is something that just exists. There is that fucking oh my god! There's always these moments in this film where I was like. Oh my god, the thumbs up was so terrible. <laughs> the fucking bat signal. It was such a cool thing too. Like they're like, oh, you know, with the bat signal up, Commissioner Gordon's all like, oh, he's not coming. And then he flies past in the bat wing. It's fucking cool as shit. And then they ruin it with that stupid the shot. thumbs up. Here. And he's like real stiff in the, in the fucking cockpit. Ugh, thumbs up. <laughs> but man, the reflectors are gone. What happened to the reflectors for the bat signal? God damn. Good. That was my favorite Good. my favorite part of the last one. All right, let's talk about Bruce Wayne. Cardboard acting at best. Yeah, Val Kilmer did not pull it off. So like um, like I said, I loved Val Kilmer as Batman and he looks good as Bruce Wayne, but Jesus Christ this man can't act. <laughs> yeah, not he did not do a good job. Um <gasps> It was a it was a little alarming. He basically just fucking spoke like he was Batman, except he didn't talk as much, and he was yeah, boring. Yeah, he, he, was... he pretended like he was still in this stiff rubber suit and couldn't yeah. move. Yeah, he's kind of shown as more of a philanthropist. Philanthropist? 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 Yeah. Philanthrop- oh, I don't fu- who fucking cares. Philanth- he- philanthropist. Philanth. Philanth. Fuck. Anyway, they showed him <laughs> as more of a that word, and he um. Basically, he's more social. He's not this, like, fucking Tim Burton angsty bullshit character who sits in a hole. He goes out and he, um, you know, is interacting and he's this playboy sort of guy, socialite. I kind of prefer the way that Keaton played the, like, the, the philanthropist side of things. Like, yeah, he was more angsty and stuff, but when he was actually out, he felt like he was more just kind of comfortable in his own skin and when he was doing the social interactions he he really kind of was just like yeah yeah like i'm i'm bruce wayne like what of it like yeah. not a big deal whereas i i didn't really like kilmer in these social spots like he's out there doing the thing and, and he's doing what we expect bruce wayne to be but he i don't know he's just he's just awkward and i, I don't believe that he's a billionaire. Yeah, if that um, makes sense. I think I like I like where they tried to take him and the the way he was written, but I I definitely did not enjoy his performance. It was fucking just so just so terrible. There's only one. There's only one or two moments like when he when he goes to stop Two Face in the circus. I really like Bruce Wayne. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. That was and, really he, and cool. he's yelling yelling out, "I'm Batman, Harvey, yeah. I'm Batman." And when he when he kicks down the door, when a Cole Kidman, he thinks oh, Cole yeah, Kidman, that was cool. I was like, that's cool. Like, that's a good introduction to this character who's trying to conceal this identity that he, he has. So there were those aspects that I really liked. And then it's like him walking around Wayne Tower and it's fucking boring. Like him talking to uh, uh, Enigma 
like it's the most boring conversation. Jim Carrey's yeah. super enthusiastic and energetic, and then fucking he's just boring and plain and like a cardboard cutout. It was fucking. It was not good. He did not do well. Like I think, and you've hit the nail on the head talking about those two particular spots where he's actually doing something. It's because he's fucking moving. Like when he's just standing and talking, and he's just a talking head. He has no character. He's just cardboard, and it's really annoying. I did like. I liked his chemistry with Alfred though. Yeah, because Alfred's a fucking pimp daddy, man. Alfred. But that, that's, again, that's not him. That's fucking Alfred. That's him bouncing off Alfred, yeah. Al, it, all he does is, is, like, Alfred, you're encouraging him. And Alfred's the one that fucking does all, the, does all the hard shit. Alfred's the one that basically helps Robin. He's just there. Like, it's, it's, it's Alfred that does the work. It's the same with Chris O'Donnell. Like, Chris O'Donnell, when they have a conversation, he's full of this angst and, like, anger and aggression. And then Val Kimmer's just like, ah, oh, don't. Don't kill people. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Everyone else is bringing something. Yeah. Um, everyone else except Nicole Kidman. Oh, um, yeah. Who gives a fuck, man. honestly? Well, I do, because I, I think um, Nicole Kidman is a fucking babe in this movie. I think she's sexy oh, she's as... So hot. Um, and I, I remember really, really liking her. Probably just, you know, having a crush on her as a kid probably didn't help. But the dialogue between Bruce and Chase in this is the worst. Like, he's bad with everything else, but when those two were just talking to each other, because they're both just as cardboard (laughs) as each other, it's just fucking awkward. It doesn't... There is no sort of build-up of this relationship. I don't believe for a second that they're falling for each other, except for the fact that Nicole Hidman is smoking. Like, I can understand that he's all about it, but she... Like, I, I do like... What again? What they're trying to do? Like they're trying to have that she having to make up her mind between Batman and Bruce Wayne in this weird love triangle that's only with two people, really which is cool. It. Look, the only real compliment you're giving her, and it's the same one I'm giving her, is that she's attractive. And to be honest, you're not really doing too well if the only real compliment you get is that you're good looking. That's not good yeah, enough. which is really interesting because Nicole Kidman is a really good actress. I don't. I really like Nicole Kidman. I know. I know a lot of people recently have kind of started to hate on her, which I don't... Why? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I think she's really good. And I was really happy that she was in a Batman movie. And, you know, seeing her name fly up at the, at the start here, I was like, oh, Aussie chicks in a Batman movie. All right. But it just... I think it, I think it comes back to Val Kilmer is just horrible. Yeah. And she, he's not giving her anything to bounce off either. Because, like, I can't... I can't believe that she would be this bad. But the weird thing with Bruce, I've found, and they, and they do it in the other other movies as well, is as soon as Bruce gets any sort of connection to a woman, he's like fucking ready to bear all. He's ready to tell them yeah. all about Batman, oh, Batman. and yeah. throw all this work away. And like he did it with Vicky Vale in the first one. He did I, it with Catwoman. Yeah, so it's like... Why? Why is he so quick to just tell these women that he's he doesn't really know him yet? Like it's it's strange because he's he's supposed to be this smart person, and that's where they've really failed. Um, and did he was he gonna quit being Batman for her? Did did I did I pick that up? Was that he, what was going he, on there? I'm pretty sure she chose him, and he was like, all right, I don't know. He was gonna basically stop being Batman, 
three tells but like, Robin why? anyway. Yeah, I don't understand why. Like he's doing because it's a fucking stupid movie. Like it's just stupid. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's fucking dumb. But it there's always sh- a moment in these Batman movies where you know he's or not always, but generally yeah. the, at at least with superhero movies, there's always that moment where the superhero is going to hang up the tights. Yeah. I'm not doing any help. I'm not doing this. But the reason he does it is so he can be with the girl. So he can fuck this chick who... Uh, yeah, that's no. normal. No. Bruce Wayne's just fucking mentally unstable in this as well. Like, he is not... He is not good. Like, th- you know, having his flashbacks and just going crazy in the house. Like, there's a little bit of angst still to him. And I think they almost go a little bit too far with... With how oh, uh, that stupid flashback of the bat that just sits there and flaps was fucking dumb. Like mm. I was like, it's meant to be terrifying, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, there's nothing, there's nothing scary about this. It's just a fucking bat. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> you're a fucking pussy, Bruce Wayne. Honestly, he was scared at first, but yeah. then he he embraced it. It was dumb. All right, let's talk about Robin. Let's go, we've talked about Robin with the, the kung fu washing and how fucking stupid that was. But what did you? how did you feel about Chris, uh, um, Chris O'Donnell? Yeah, Chris O'Donnell. His ear piercing pissed me the fuck off. <laughs> he was such a bad boy though, man. Oh, God. I, I guess I'm not... Look, I was not born when this film came out, so maybe ear piercings back in 95, you can tell me, were, were cool. Oh, cool um, kids. Cool kids had ear piercings, yeah. He was serious, all right? It's fucking Robin. Like, Robin's a pain in the ass. Robin's a pain in the ass in every, in every form of Batman ever until he turns into... Until Dick Grayson turns into Nightwing and Josh Todd turns into... Does Josh Todd turn into the Red Hood? One of the Robins turns into the Red Hood. Dick Grayson turns into Nightwing. That's when they become cool and you're like, fuck yeah, Robin! But like when they're like Batman's counterpart, they're fucking annoying. Like Robin's just a pain in the ass. And he's a pain in the ass in this as well. But like, no, it's kind of like, I'm kind of watching it and I'm like, you are probably the closest I'm going to get to enjoying Robin. Because he does it pretty well. Like... When yeah. I watch it, I'm like, you're a pretty suitable Robin. Like, he's angsty, and he's like, oh, you don't understand, Bruce Wayne. My parents were killed. You fucking idiot. Everyone knows Bruce Wayne's parents were killed. You're a fucking dumb bitch. <laughs> but, um, but, like, he, you know, he just played it well. He played what he had to do well. He was, like, cheeky, and he was young and dumb and full of calm, and he just wanted to, like, fuck shit up, which was awesome because Batman's such a, like, you know, get off my back. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I liked that. I really enjoyed that. That so yeah, I liked him. I I, I quite enjoyed him. He wasn't basic, but it wasn't really that he was in it enough. Like Robin isn't in it enough. Dick Grayson's in it a lot with his bullshit karate, fucking dumb fuck, cunt shit, and he's like flipping in a circus, and then he goes in the Batmobile and is this dumb fuck. But Robin, Robin, Robin's. Well, he doesn't come until the end, really. To the very end, and then he gets. He doesn't do anything. He just gets captured. Punches Two-Face in the face a couple of times and he's captured and that's it. But I like that as well because I didn't want to watch a Batman and Robin film. Like, I'm watching Batman forever. So I kind of enjoy that he was kind of a side... Like, you know, he's like the little entree that you get. It's like a spring roll yeah. at a Thai place. But yeah. um, at the same time, I, I <laughs> just a, had to... That's a great... Thanks. I just had to deal with 90 minutes of seeing Dick Grayson. Like, if, you, if you're going to put this fucking character in there... Make him fucking Nightwing or make him Robin and hurry the fuck up. He had a fucking helmet with a Robin on it. That was the corniest thing I've ever fucking seen. Yeah, I kind of like all that. I, I, um, I think Chris O'Donnell 
fucking nails. Like he he is what I think of when I think of Robin. Robin. I like yeah. Robin as a character. I as when I was a kid, I used to always you know, if we played like a Batman game where you could be Batman and then like the second player could be Robin, I used to always be Robin just because it was rarer. <laughs> you know, you had to have yeah. two players to play it. So I was like, oh, I want to be Robin. I always had like this attachment to him. And I think it comes back to this film. Like I just I just really like what Chris O'Donnell brought to this to this character. And he, he nails the angst. He's, he's such a mirror of Bruce Wayne. And that's what makes it work. Like, uh, like... Like you said, yeah, we all know that Bruce Wayne's parents are dead. Like, he probably knows as well, but he doesn't give a shit because he's a teenager and the world revolves around him, you know? I think that they spent so much time on Dick Grayson actually made this work for me more. Because if he just jumped in and was all of a sudden, you know, just put on the the spandex that he had from the circus and was just like, yeah, I'm fucking Robin now. I it would have it would have been too quick for me like i i don't want it to be faster i in fact i think it's the perfect amount of build up to this character to then go on to make a sequel where the two fight together like if he came out and he was just awesome straight away i just i don't know i i wouldn't i wouldn't believe it I, it's like it's like catwoman all of a sudden being a fucking mma yeah. fighter like i don't no, believe I think- that I like I like that we see that he's an acrobat and that he has this background. Um, yeah. But I mean, like, you could have done it in a better way than him, like, karate kicking his fucking washing on a line. That, well, that was is absolutely a hundred percent true. Yes. I mean, like, in all seriousness, I need to establish this to the listeners. That moment is so dumb in the film that at two in the morning when I was watching this last night, I yelled "fuck off!" Like, yeah. it. <laughs> It was such, this, that moment is such a big thing for me because it's, that is like complete, complete, just like ruin, it just ruins so much. It's it so does. fucking it, stupid. It destroys a lot of the credibility that this movie has, had built up. Yeah. Like it's hard to go, it's hard to go back from that. <laughs> I don't, you can't, you can't go back from that. And, um, and I'm sure that will affect our scores when we, uh, when we right. give our final thoughts on this one. Yeah, I don't know. I like the build. I like he gets his kind of revenge on Two-Face, but then shows that he's not, you know, a bloodthirsty killer. He's not just going to kill Two-Face. It's, you know, he's going to help him out in the end. And that's, you know, in, in the end, that is what hurts him. But I'm fine with that because this is still a Batman movie. And this is the first time we've actually it's been okay for us to feel for Batman rather than the side characters. Like if they'd gone the other way and Batman got captured and it had to be Robin who saves it. Like, no, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you're saying, but it's, it's all, I think it all works. And I think, in fact, I think this Robin is probably the, the most developed character so far in, in this series to be honest but that's because we see his basically we see robin's origin story um, yeah Yeah. which is cool um i kind of like that robin is i don't know i really robin is i'm honest to god like right now i've got dick grayson up on my screen like i'm reading about where he goes because i was like where the fuck does this character go robin is like chris o'donnell basically slays it like i reckon if batman and robin wasn't such a huge flop it would have been really cool to see a nightwing film with chris o'donnell um, I've always wanted a Nightwing film. How how about it? He even um, references Nightwing when he's asking about yeah. what he should call himself, which I liked. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I think a, Night- a Nightwing's just a badass. Um, I've always wanted a Nightwing film. Joseph Gordon-Levitt kind of hinted at the very end when you find out he was Robin. 
Yeah, I, I liked him. I liked him in this film. He's basically as good as it's going to get for Robin. How old is he supposed to be, though? If he's if he has to stay with Bruce, he, they say that he's a college student. But why does he need like a guardian? I th- apparently, he's meant to be. Young. I think he's meant to be quite young. <laughs> I think he's meant to be like seventeen or some shit. Mm, okay. um, I know well, he's obviously meant to be young because everyone calls him a kid in the film, which doesn't really make sense because he's not a fucking kid. Like he's clearly he's, like he's, he's, he's definitely in his mid twenties. Twenties, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you watch it, like the guy, the guy, that's the sort of guy that grows a goatee, like a yeah, soul patch, like right. you can to go see along with face. that that sweet ear piercing. Yeah, that's it. All right, let's talk about the villains. Two Face, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee. Two Face is kind of like second place in this film. This isn't really his film. Yep. He's kind of like a big nope. grumpy henchman. Two Face is kind of I don't know. When I watch it, I really like Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face because he matches the tone. And Tommy Lee Jones is the first villain. The Riddler comes in later, but he basically sets the tone for the film, as all the villains do. He's not very dark. He's kind of got this peppy side to him. And he's goofy, and he's really colourful. Like the the his burnt side's purple. That's really cool, and I really liked his performance. And I thought, but it's Tommy Lee fucking Jones. Like he can't go wrong. And I think he really bought exactly what Schumacher wanted him to bring. Yeah. However, Schumacher makes Two Face a fucking joke the whole way through the fucking film, and it pisses me the fuck off. Anyway, you you go. I'll go back to that. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I love Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones is one of just those solid actors that really, it's really hard to, for him to do wrong. This is a very, very interesting role for him. Um, I, I did read that he at first was not very keen for it, but his son wanted him to play it because his son was aware of... You know, been reading the Batman comics yeah. and new Tom, uh, new Two Face, and and said, "Dad, you should do this shit." So he did, and he'd done some films with Joel Shoemaker before, so they kind of had this this thing. And but it doesn't really suit him what it is. Like I like how crazy he plays it. It doesn't. You're right. But it doesn't really mean anything. Like I, I just, I wish they explored this character a lot more. The whole like two sides of the man like this the, this whole movie is about duality and you've literally got a representation in one person of the two sides of one person's personality the Jekyll and the Hyde it's fucking two-face why is he always crazy one side yeah. of him should be calm and collected and then the other side should be fucking nuts yeah. he's always crazy well, simmer it down so yeah I mean like you and I, I guarantee you're looking at the same thing, which is the Arkham series, and we think about Two-Face and his fucking Pimp Daddy. But yeah, he's a fucking loony in this film. Like, he's a straight-up loony. And it's a little disappointing. And what makes it even more fucking disappointing is that whole fucking sequence where he's like two people, and so Drew Barrymore's like, I cooked you like deviled eggs and this beautiful thing. And then the other side, his other girlfriend's like, it's that, you know, that whole fucking scene? Yeah. God, yeah. that was dumb. That's so dumb. That's stupid. Like, look, I- look. I, I actually don't mind it. But if they're gonna go with that, go with that duality for the whole film. Yeah. Like, it is dumb, but embrace it. Don't only have it in one scene. Like, we don't really see his his white side, the Drew Barrymore side. You know, like, I don't yeah. know. It's it's just disappointing because it's it's so obvious. To go down that route, like, you could have so much fun with this character. 
like it, it, you know, you go in and you have two villains, and that that kind of it's the you know the the crux of every fucking superhero movie when you have too many bad guys, but yeah. like somebody has to take a back seat, and you know Two-faced Jim Carrey it. is a much bigger personality than Tom Tommy Lee Jones. You can't basically Jim Carrey cannot take a back seat if he tried. Yeah, pretty sure Jim Jim Carrey is meant to be a total pain in the ass on set, is what I've heard as well. Oh, really? um, yeah, apparently he's a real fucking a hole. It's very obvious that Tommy Lee Jones basically just sits back for this film. Yeah. He's kind of important at the start, and then he just is done. He's done. Once once the Riddler shows up, he's done. And, like, the whole the whole coin thing is really cool. Like, I like the scratch side as you kill him. And, but, like, it never really has any sort of crazy impact on the story. It's like they just added all these two-faced bits in it while the Riddler story was going ahead, you know? But how about, how about fucking... Oh man, and talking about you know crossing a line with how stupid and yeah. this this you know suspending belief, Batman is just like chilling in court when Harvey Dent oh, gets burned. My fucking god, <laughs> he's that just sitting. So... Is he just sitting in the pews in his fucking bat out? suit? Oh my god, that moment! <laughs> like I was pissing myself laughing. Like that was oh, so dumb. Even as a kid, I remember thinking that was stupid. I was like, because they're like, and Batman tried to save him. Like, you know, that they were this, you know, friends. Because that's something that, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy goes into, that Harvey Dent and Batman had like a relationship. The The cartoon is big on that. Like the whole yeah. Two-Face transformation Dark is, is huge. Dark Knight goes into it as well. Why not start it out with that? Why not have the opening scene of this movie be where Two-Face gets his face burned and then like two years later... Batman's, you know, stopping him from stealing that fucking bank vault or whatever. Don't just have it in a stupid, stu- <laughs> in a stupid like fucking flashback on news where yeah. Batman is in court and he leaps over. Fuck, that was in. Oh, fuck, that's so dumb. dumb. So fucking dumb. But yeah, look, Two Face was just fucking. He was. He was. It's. It was. Tommy Lee Jones did what he did well. But it mm. was just it was just a matter of like he wasn't in it much and it was too fucking silly. Like Yeah, he he did he wasn't given <clears> enough to play that, with. That's that, the... that whole fucking scene where it's them and it's that whole stupid, oh I made you this, but I made you this, your favourite. Like that was dumb. Yeah. Like that made me really mad. Um <laughs> it's just stupid. It's just fucking dense. Like I'm like, what what are you doing? Like why why do I need to fucking watch this scene? It's funny and it's quirky, you know, like it's cool, mm. but I'm watching a two-hour film, which is yeah. something I wanted to bring up before. I almost started ranting about it before the podcast. Why the fuck are all the Batman films so fucking long? Why is this <laughs> film two hours fucking long? Why is Batman Returns and Batman two hours long? That's a long time for a bullshit superhero movie where we already know what's going to happen. And it's long because of shit like this and fucking Dick Grayson karate chopping fucking laundry like... Why is that happening? Why do I need to watch that? Jesus fuck. It's so long. Just fucking chill out, man. Like, ugh. So fucking long. <laughs> well, actually, for once, I have to disagree with you. You know, I hate the long movies, but this yeah. one, I didn't really feel the length. It is, it is long. Like, you're not wrong. I didn't feel the length. Don't get me wrong. I didn't feel the length. The pacing in this film was something I really, really admire. Like, yeah. it, it felt, it's fun all the time. Oh, but, it's always moving. It's but, always moving. Listen, I was watching this film at 11 at night. I want to go to bed. It's a two-hour fucking movie. 
and I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, I fucking, I'm getting real into it. And <laughs> well, then, that's your own fault for watching yeah, it so but late. Fucking, but I'm like, why are you fucking karate chopping laundry? You cunt. Like, it's so, <laughs> it's just so frustrating watching that stuff out happen. with stupid shit yeah watching that no. stuff happen and knowing that i want it like that I'm, I'm i'm acknowledging the time so i'm like what i'm taking very good care of like what's going into my ears and eyes and yeah, i have to yeah. watch that and i'm like oh, i want to slip my own wrist. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a big problem of a lot of uh superhero movies where you have a lot of characters and you have to develop them to some certain extent so it's like you know if you cut out two-face and just had the Riddler, this would have been an hour and a half film. And it's a, yeah, it's a constant problem with, with superhero stuff. The Avengers, good God. Oh, God. Avengers 2 is the issue. Yeah. Um, the Riddler. This, now, I need to say, Jim Carrey is and always will be a phenomenal actor. Watching him mm-hmm. go from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind to Ace Ventura to this is very satisfying. And this fucking guy makes this film what it is. The Riddler is... Absolutely. The Riddler is probably my favourite Batman villain, I think. I really, really like the Riddler. Like uh, in general or in these movies? In general. I, I, okay. I always yeah. liked the Riddler. When The Dark Knight Rises was announced, I, I knew there was like talk that it was potentially going to be about the Riddler at one point. And I got really excited because the Riddler is just, has always been this villain who basically just wants to fuck with Batman. Like... Yeah. They kind of do it in The Dark Knight where the Joker becomes that sort of anarchist, but the Riddler has this wits about him and he's always... It's, he's, so Riddler, yeah. he's the fucking Riddler. And I've always liked him. In the Batman games, like the Riddler trophies, like he's the coolest villain because he's just yeah. so like... He's just a smartass. Like he doesn't give a fuck. And in this one, that's exactly what he does. And it's, he, Jim Carrey just puts a bit of fucking Ace Ventura sprinkle dust on it. And... Yeah. And it's just great. Like, he was so entertaining to watch. And he's definitely kind of the perfect mix of wacky and sincere the whole way through the film. And I, I kind of really... Enjoy- he was by far my favourite in this film. Oh, absolutely. From from the, the minute he's on screen, he instantly lights this film up. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> you know, like, this is what this movie is. And he's, like, delightfully insane just goes all out with it and he's like the biggest personality there in terms of the actual riddler character like he's definitely playing more the joker here and it's really unfortunate that you know the joker was already taken that he couldn't be the joker because i think he would be a perfect joker in this cinematic world the joker and the riddler this is something like that i i kind of am a little uh, like I'm kind of on edge not on edge what's the word in, on the fence that's what it is on the fence on the fence um, yeah. is that the Joker and the Riddler are, are kind of similar um, in a way like only because the Riddler has become this sort of goofy wacky sort of character thanks to Jim Carrey but the Joker is that as well and the Joker is just this anarch- anarchist that doesn't want to kill Batman he just wants to fuck with him all the time you know he wants to kill him well, that's, right yeah. And that's what Riddler wants to do as well. And so I totally agree. And I'm watching this. I'm like, man, Jim Carrey would make a great Joker. But at the same time, I'm like, but the Riddler, Riddler is fucking awesome. And he makes a great Riddler. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, the way, the way I've always seen the difference between the two is that the Joker is just straight up insane. Yeah. Which is a lot of the way that Carrey plays the Riddler here. Yeah. And the Riddler 
still fucks with Batman, but he's more of an intellect and more, yeah. you know, more of a mind gamer than the Joker is. Did so he, that's yeah. that's where I see the difference. Like the way that Jim Carrey is playing the Riddler here is the Joker to me. He's he's playing the Joker and he's just saying a few riddles, which is fine because he does it fucking well. He does it so and, well. And again, like this is its own world, so. All preconceived ideas of the Batman universe need to just sort of be put on hold exactly. because this is its own thing. And what Jim Carrey does here is just flat out incredible. He is the reason that this movie is good. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> like, he, like, Joel, basically, all those goofy, stupid things that Schumacher fucked up in this film, they're all okay by Jim when Jim Carrey does them because his character suits it all. Like, that yeah. whole scene where he's like, Hey, Two Face, tell me how to punch someone in the face. Like, yeah. that's a great moment. Like, like that moment. <gasps> like, that's that's the Riddler. The Riddler isn't a brute. So when that no, happens, no. I was like, that's fucking awesome. The Kane thing's the one thing the Riddler does that I'm like, you're so fucking dumb. Where he flicks, he's always using his, like, his walking stick and doing cool shit with it. And I'm like, it's cool in certain moments, but he does it so much, it gets annoying to me. Like, it, it's frustrating. Mm. At times. Well, the way that I sort of saw the cane, it like as as he gets later and later into the film, and he's getting more and more cocky because he thinks he's he's you know he's won. That's when he's flicking around the cane a lot more. So I, I guess it's a, a build up of yeah. his confidence in his cane twirling abilities. <laughs> Talking about his intellect, though. So his so his whole plan is to steal brain juice. everybody's brain waves take their IQ and make himself more intelligent. Is, that's it, right? Yeah, he wants to become a genius. So then he could take over the world. This in here lies the problem because he doesn't actually become smarter or they don't show him becoming smarter. He doesn't really do anything with these brainwaves. No, he doesn't seem smarter at all. He's just the same asshole he was at the start, basically. Like, I kind of wish that it came to a game of wits against Batman, like, you know, it does in the Arkham series and the comics and all that, like what, what I know the Riddler as, as this mind gamer. I don't know how that would have suited Jim Carrey because he's such a physical, crazy actor. Yeah, I get you. I totally get you. So I, I, just, I just feel there's no payoff. Like, there's no real point where we're like, holy shit, he's got all the intelligence of all the people of Gotham. Yeah. How are they ever going to beat him? He's just the same idiot from the start, basically. He was always smart, yeah. but he's just the exact same. I really like, like, though... There's two aspects I like. I really like that he's after Bruce Wayne the whole way through the film. I really yeah, like yeah, that he never yeah. cares about Batman. I like that. I really like how there's the, the, the dinner party scene where he literally has dressed and looks exactly like Bruce Wayne. And Bruce Wayne mm. puts on his glasses, so he puts on his glasses. Bruce Wayne takes off his glasses, so he takes off his glasses. Like, that was really mm. funny. And that was the sort of humor I really liked for this character because it's and subtle. He gets all, yeah, and he gets all jealous when the, that fucking stupid reporter, uh, yeah. that annoying you. Oh, Bruce, who is this lovely girl you're yeah, with? Oh, my God. Yeah, he, yeah. Get, he gets all jealous um, when she gives Bruce attention. at the same time... That moment where Two-Face is about to kill Bruce Wayne and the Riddler's like, don't do it or he won't learn. 
I was like, that's kind of cool because that's what the Riddler's about. But then he doesn't fucking teach him anything. He brings him and he's like, I'm going to kill Robin or I'm going to kill Nicole Kidman. You have to choose one. I'm like, there's no riddle to this. Like, there's nothing to it. If you made it a puzzle or like something, I'd be like, that's fucking sick. Like you're teaching Bruce Wayne a lesson because Bruce Wayne fucks him over at the start a little bit. Instead, it's this bullshit thing. I'm like, why the fuck didn't you kill him? You're going to kill him anyway. That's all you want to do. No, I agree. And that's and that's what I'm saying. There's no payoff to to what he's really trying to be. Like, with all the riddles and, and that particular thing, stopping Two-Face from killing him because he won't learn, where is this going? Show me, like, where's the big, like, reveal of his master yeah. plan that all this IQ has developed like, he even gets Bruce Wayne's brain. Do something with it. All he does yeah. is figure out where the Batcave is, which was really cool when he went in. He's throwing those fucking bat things around. Oh, yeah, I love it. That was so cool. <laughs> yeah, they don't really announce it. For someone who who is obsessed with Bruce Wayne, I feel like telling everyone in the world that he's Batman is is important, but instead he, he doesn't. I love the ending, though. The ending's still one of my favorite bits of this film, where... Nicole Kidman's like, you know who Batman is? He's like, I'm Batman. I'm the Batman. And he fucking yeah. flaps. Oh, that was funny. Like, I found that really entertaining. Yeah. And terrifying at the same time. Yeah. Like, seeing... Uh, is this the first time we've seen Arkham Asylum in this, yeah. in this series? Yeah. So, it was like, oh, man, this guy is fucked. Like, imagine if he got out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I really like Riddler, basically. Is, is the Like, I love his costume when he's in the suit. Uh, yeah. When he's in that sp- the 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 spandex whatever the fuck it is not spandex. Oh, that's a bit weird. Like, that was like it makes me a little uncomfortable. The morph suit. It's always like why is Schumacher trying to sexualize all these guys? Like yeah, it's, it's a true. little it's a little annoying to be like it's just a pain. <laughs> and he does it with Nicole Kidman and it's annoying as well for Nicole Kidman. Like I'm like it's cool and she's this femme fatale but she doesn't bring any substance. So when you just kind of make her this fucking sex pest literally meets Batman then uses the bat signal to get some dick like yeah. I was like <laughs> I, when that happened I was kind of just like this is kind of sad for me to watch like yeah. I I love boobs and and mad vag as much as the next guy but that's <laughs> like it's insulting sometimes like when that stuff happens and it's not for a good reason for a character I'm meant to respect I'm like this is pretty fucking pathetic mm. um but he does look cool in the suit. He does. He looks dope. With the lights up, he's like, it keeps me safe when I'm jogging at night. When does he, why <laughs> the fuck does he have pink hair? He has, well, it's, well, it's not pink, it's orange. It's pink. It's orange. No, I'm going to look it up right now and tell you right now it's pink. It's fuck, that's pink as shit. It's like uh, bright it's like a, orange. Yeah, it's bright orange, you're right. Yeah. Why well, do I think it was pink? I have bad, I have bad vision. Um, yeah, he's got orange, like bright orange hair, but then somehow makes it a normal color immediately. Is mm. it is it meant to be like a like is it a wig? Is it a wig? Well, he has orange hair anyway. Yeah, who knows? Life is a life is a guessing game. People, we don't know. Um, yeah. Ah, Tommy Lee Jones had pink hair. Fucking Tommy yeah. Lee Jones, what a he was joke! Purpley pink man. All right, I'm done. I mean, too. Yeah, I'm done. Look, I really enjoyed this film. I, I had a good time watching it. The pacing kept me interested and I, and I could pay attention the whole time to it. Uh, in comparison to Returns in Batman, where I was kind of like, this is fucking boring. Within saying that, 
this film has a shitload of issues I did not notice before seeing it again. It's fucking dumb. It's fucking dumb. Alright? The Robin clothesline thing. Fucking the, the car going up the fucking wall. The bat nipples. The fucking stupid one-liners. The dumb security guard. All these stupid, stupid things that Schumacher has done to try and replicate this feeling of a cartoon. It's fucking pathetic, alright? Just because it's, you want to go back to uh, its roots in this goofy sort of wacky style doesn't mean you need to take it to a level of, like, parody, almost, where you're taking the piss out of everything. It's insulting for a franchise so big, and even at the time, it's still a big thing. And I, it made me mad, and it frustrated me a lot. At the same time, you've got these characters like Jim Carrey and uh, like playing the Riddler and Tommy Lee Jones playing Two-Face and Val Kilmer as Batman, really good. Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne, total pain in the ass. Nicole Kidman's a nothing character, just like the reporter in the first one. The only female character in any of the Batman films that is any, of any real substance is Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman in Returns. Yeah. I don't... In all of the Batman films, I, I don't... Th I can't think of another female character that has any worth um which sucks because there are some really cool characters out there well we yeah. get some later in the nolan films like yeah rachel who is kind of yeah where is she um but <laughs> but um alicia silverstone in the next one we'll talk about I don't her i don't want to fucking think about that yet um but <laughs> look i give the film i give the film a three out of five. I gave Return a Batman a good score. I gave Returns a decent score. This one I enjoyed more, but it's got more issues. But it's a three out of five. Look, I can I can see why people got annoyed with this film. It's that that complete one eighty that I keep talking about is is really not. It's not very. It's not forgivable. Like how? Why? What were you thinking? What were you doing? Like you had a good thing going, yeah. but. I have such a nostalgic connection to this film that it's hard not to like it. Like I said, this is this is my Batman movie. This is the Batman movie I grew up with. I've probably seen this one the most. This movie reminds me of going to Movie World on the Gold Coast here in Australia. They've still got the Batmobile from this movie sitting around. I'm fairly sure there's like a Batplane or something else or like maybe the Batboat. I don't know. But there's they've got props from this movie floating around fucking movie world on the Gold Coast here. When I was a kid and I first went to this theme park, it blew my fucking mind. So all this culminates in this lovely memory for me that's hard to, to break out of. But watching this for the first time with adult eyes is a bit of an eye-opener. Like I said, I can see why people are so pissed off because it's fucking stupid. So much of this movie is dumb as fuck. And some of it's okay that it's dumb because they've done this whole new tone. They've flipped it on its head. And because I'm so used to it being that way, I really dig it. Yeah. But there are just some spots like Kung Fu washing and the thumbs up and the butt shot and the nipples. It always comes back to the fucking nipples. Always. It's just... No, a little bit more um, development in some of the, well, especially the bad guys I would have liked. But Jim Carrey makes this. Val Kilmer looks awesome as Batman. I really like Robin. It's hard not to. It's just hard not to like this movie. I, I, yeah. I was sitting there ripping it apart, 
but I fucking still love it. I still love it. I can't... I'll watch this again, definitely. I, I really had a good time watching this movie and it's definitely that nostalgic factor. So, as always, with all these Batman reviews, I'm going to give it that 0.5 just for being a Batman movie and then I would probably have given it a 3 as well. So, it goes to a 3.5. Man, you can't just keep fucking upgrading the 0.5s because it's Batman. It's not... It's just... You're a cheeky, you're a cheeky bitch. But it's 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 a legit thing. Like I, it's I'm I'm never gonna. It's, I'm already on a good pedestal if it's a Batman film. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know. Until until next week, when we review Batman and Robin. Uh, next week we're not going to be reviewing a Batman movie. We're going to take another little break and review another Deadpool! superhero movie. And we're reviewing Deadpool. Fucking Deadpool, the movie that we thought would never get made. It gets made. Uh, it's here. Next week, Ryan Reynolds. I'm really, I'm really, really hyped. Really, really hyped. Uh, here, are my, here are my assumptions. Everybody is talking this film up to a point where it's fucking ridiculous. People are acting as if there's never been a superhero film with hyperviolence and swearing, swearing before. And everyone's acting like this is going to be this new, special superhero film that no one's ever seen kick-ass exists the kingsman exists it's been fucking done before it's not new and it's not going to be anything special it's a fucking origin story about a superhero who wants to get revenge from someone who's taken his girlfriend it's the same shit we've always seen and i guarantee Mm. that once the hyper violence wears off and the swearing and the dick jokes which is the whole film wear off it's going to be the same fucking story and i reckon that the hyperviolence and the swearing are going to become this... They're just forced, almost, by the time by the end of the film. It's just going to become a thing where you're just kind of like, fuck, I've seen this the whole time. This isn't new. However, I reckon it's going to be fun as fuck. I reckon it's going to be fucking awesome to watch. From the test scene that leaked a year ago, it looks cool as hell. So I'm keen as fuck to watch this film. I reckon it's going to be great fun. I don't think it's going to be anything special. That's my... That's my thought let's see if i'm right yeah look i'm uh, that's my biggest fear as well is that i i I fear that the comedy and the hyper violence is going to be a little too forced like from the trailers i i like the jokes but i'm not like laughing out loud with those jokes if you know what i mean it's just kind of like a little and that's not what i want it to be i want it to be laugh out loud and i hope being you know Watching it in the context of the film will, will really add to it. Um, I love Deadpool. Deadpool's one of my favourite characters, and I'm so glad they're finally making a, um, a movie about him, especially with Ryan Reynolds. There's just no one else who could do it. But what I'm seeing in the trailer is just so generic. Like you said, it's the yeah. we've seen this movie before. He's got to save his fucking girlfriend. He's got to do this. I don't know. I've got IMAX tickets. I'm going to see it on Thursday night, so... We'll talk about that basically, next week. Basically, we just hope that it's go- that it's gonna be cool. Like we just hope it's cool as fuck. We already know it's not special, like original. Yeah. So we just hope it's gonna be fucking cool as hell. Yeah. Um, well, I I love hyper violence and I love dick jokes, so yeah, I'm in. But I just don't want it to feel like they're, you know, it's like my dad's telling me the jokes. <laughs> yeah. Basically, that's it. Yeah. Anyway, it's been a great week, guys. We've enjoyed having a chat with you all, and we hope to see you next week. We now leave you with the seductive sounds of Seal, Kiss from a Rose. Play the music, Fish. Baby, I can be you to a kiss from a rose.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Fish and Connoisseur a Movie. Fish and Connoisseur a Movie does not own any rights to the film Batman Forever, its marketing, or its soundtrack, and no infringement is intended. The track Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me is performed by U2, and the track Kiss from a Rose is performed by Seal. So much a man can tell me, so much he can say. You remain my power, my pleasure, my pain. To me, you're like a grown addiction that I can't deny. Now, won't you tell me, is that happy, baby?